0: Welcome to another season of The Every Lawyer. I'm Julia Tetro provencher What an honor to start with an episode on CBA SOJIC, which, as of September 1st, 2023, has changed its name to Sagda. Yes, a scoop on The Every Lawyer. You heard it here first. The CBA Sexual Orientation and Gender Identity Community, the SOJIC, is now Sagda the Sexual and Gender Diversity Alliance. In French, ADSG, L'Alliance de la Diversité Sexuelle et de Genre. The reason for the name change, as we hear, here, is to more accurately reflect the diversity within the 2SLGBTQI legal community. The acronym SOGIC did not recognize previously in its name gender expression or sex characteristics. And the executive of the section wanted a name, and acronym, to better reflect these, as well as other diverse identity markers. And what's also very nice, the word alliance contains the word ally. Hazard jean Du.
1: This is the Every Lawyer, presented by the Canadian Bar Association.
0: Our guests today are Hossein Mogdateri, outgoing chair of the newly renamed section, and Chris Ellis, SOJIC chair from the early 2000s. So let's jump right into our discussion about the new name. In a truly Canadian fashion, the need for a bilingual solution played a part. But I have a question actually about that because in French, I tend to say les personnes de la diversité sexuelle et de genre. So do you have the same in English? So,
2: so SAGA is exactly that.
0: Ah, that's
2: it. Okay, good. <laughs> Perfect. Voilà. So that's, that's that's what what the French... The French will finally make sense. That's... The French acronym will finally make sense.
1: Okay,
0: I'm so glad. I'm so glad. But we can start off with that, actually. I'd like to know. So you say that the subject... It's such a it's um it's such a community, but you have also a uh, the, not a department. It's not the name. It's a,
2: yeah. So 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 Chris will probably have some uh, some comments about that too. But but over the I think ten plus years that I've been involved, both at the Ontario level and then the national level, more recently, we still have members who say, "What does the C at the end stand for?"
1: It's a good question.
2: Well, yeah, exactly. Great question. Um, the majority of sections uh, within both the provincial and the national level are called sections. So you have the family law section, the labor and employment section. Um, whereas Sojic has a C at the end. The Sojic and Chris, correct me if I'm wrong. For the forever was a community. So we always struggled between calling it the Sojic section, even though it had it community in the sea, but thankfully, we've now addressed that issue on more than one front. uh, I would like to say over the past year and a bit, the section took on some soul searching and we struck a working group to look into a change in the name of, of the community or the section that we were to really better reflect the diversity of the communities that we represent. But we also wanted to make sure that the, the name sounded well and it made sense in both official languages. So a, a large group of folks from coast to coast to coast, including our wonderful members in Quebec came together. And um, many of the listeners may know this already, but as of September 1st, uh, the section will no longer be SOJIC, but it will be the Sexual and Gender Diversity Alliance. Uh, or SAGDA, uh, and we're very thrilled about that because it, it sounds sounds great, uh, it's more inclusive, and it better represents the variety of uh, sexual and gender uh, communities that we represent.
1: Going way back, uh, it was the Sexual and Gender Identity Committee. And then I think some people started calling it caucus just to keep the C in there somehow. And I guess way at the beginning, there wasn't a Quebec branch of SOGIC at the beginning. So to be inclusive, I think some people were trying to say Sojik to yeah. make it sound kind of yeah. French. Yeah. There, there was that for a little while. And then finally, um, I think uh, maybe it was around 2004, the Barre de Québec uh, started or the uh, CBA branch in Quebec. We, we finally got a Quebec branch of SOJIC going in. I think marie Laura Leclerc was uh, quite instrumental in that. I remember we had a big event in Montreal. But yeah, change is good. The, I'm glad to hear that, Hossein, the day. the name definitely needed some updating.
2: And, and the French acronym is, stands for Alliance de la Diversité Sexuelle et de Genre, ADSG.
0: That's it. <laughs> love it, love it. And honestly, for me, it's easier now because in French, I was a bit like puzzled. I didn't know what it was in English, uh, the same sexual and gender diverse. I didn't know how to say it. So now I will, for now on, use Sagda, because I love that. I really, uh, Who are or the, Exactly, or exactly. I,
1: I, might, I might slip out of force of habit and say so, Jake, but uh, you know what I mean.
2: <laughs> likewise, likewise. <laughs> I, I think we were at a meeting not long ago and I talked about the name change and uh, there were francophones in the room, and somebody said, "Oh, that's very exciting! What does the acronym stand for in French?" And I'm like, "Sorry, give me a piece of paper. I need to write this down."
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I really, I love it, and that would bring me to one question that maybe you have faced, and you, maybe you already you're facing often, which is when people are asking, "But why is it important? You know, why is it important to change it from Sojic, for instance, to Sagda, and uh, to be more inclusive? I mean, isn't it enough the letters that you have?" So what, what did you answer to that? Um,
2: th- that's a great question. You know, the what I'll call the the awkwardness of the section versus community for, for a long time um, had made folks think about what a different name could look like. But at the same time, I think Chris would appreciate this more than many others. Sojik means a lot to a lot of us, the name itself. Um, I thought of Sojik as, as just a thing without really always thinking about what it exactly stood for word for word. So for some of us who'd been around longer, it was difficult to just switch a name overnight uh, without giving it proper thought, without talking to the folks who'd been around for a long time, who knew of the history and the background of the section. But we also wanted to talk about our newer members and their desires, how they wanted the section to look like and sound like going forward. And, um, you know, sexual orientation and gender identity did not represent the variety of the communities uh, that we represent and then make up the 2 LGBTQ plus community. So, um, that, those variety of things really brought us to the table and the section really took a long time talking to different people and thinking about it before we made a change we didn't want this to be something that needed to be revisited again next year right the name is not in said stone i think it's um such as the section is is a living tree that that evolves and grows and um takes shape depending on who is a member of it and who's running it so very long answer to your question but it was a lot of soul searching and making sure that Everybody felt welcome and included, uh, not only in the section but also in in the title of the section.
1: And I think that reflects. I mean, I, I gosh, it's pushing uh, twenty five years now since I've been involved in Sojic. But attending more recent events, I was I was away from Sojic for a bit, but attending more events now. The attendees, like the membership, looks very different than it did back then. I think it's it's also reflective of the profession. The profession has changed, but Sojic back then was mostly mostly male, maybe about ten or fifteen percent female, and um, a few trans folks. But you didn't we didn't really talk about, it, even though it was in the name, um, gender identity wasn't as prominent uh, then as it is now but attending events it's a much more diverse group now than it was back then so i think it's right and proper certainly that the name has been updated and i applaud uh, the current executives for uh, for taking that step
0: yeah definitely and now that we are on the subject can you tell our listeners who are interested you know will be listening to this podcast with the interest of joining the sagda so that would be sagda section or sagda sagda just sagda
1: that's always the question. <laughs> we, we, we want to leave a... Perfect. There we go. We wanted to leave Perfect. that
2: question out for all those interested. I'm happy to, you know, sit down with a cup of tea or coffee and talk about it with Perfect. you another day.
1: <laughs> I, I think it mattered way back uh, as far as the CBA was concerned because it was a difference between a committee and a section and that sort of stuff. I don't think that that is... As important now, um, so Sojik and Sagda—they are what they are. I guess we're creating a new category, are we, Hossein? Of alliance? Is that? I, I don't think we're creating—at
2: at least not on purpose. We're not creating a new category, but we're unique. But but I think we are a different section within the CBA, and yes, that's something that we have forever pushed for in terms of our membership, in terms of access to programming. The type of programming that we provide, the partnerships that we have, Sojic, despite having you know strong advocacy and substantive law um, you know pieces to it, it it is above and beyond that really. Um, so I think it's it's very fair and in fact accurate for the section to be different, to be sui generis, if if I may throw a <laughs> legal term in there. So we are different, but at the same time, we are not, if you
1: will. I don't know now, Hussein, but I know way back, we were always very careful with membership lists and registration and that sort of thing. People certainly 20 or more years ago, uh, especially if they were not out at their firms or even to their family uh, or at all professionally, uh, we would try to be as encouraging to get people to attend events and make connections as mentors and mentees, without in, in a way that was comfortable to them, so they could participate at whatever level they wanted to. I get the sense that that's changed as society has changed, as profession has changed in general. I think there's a little, well, certainly a lot less fear among gay men and lesbians about being out. Obviously, there's still a lot of issues that we need to work on in terms of supporting other elements of, and I, I should say that I use the word queer, partly because I'm not a fan of the, I, I get both sides of the argument about the acronym, but my go-to word is queer. I think that en- encompasses the whole uh, community uh, and it can mean what you want it to mean as well. It's uh, it's a uh, fluid word. But yeah, I, I'm really very pleased and encouraged about the changes that I've seen in SAGDA, SOJIC. And I've I've recently stepped, in the last couple of years, stepped into getting involved again. And it's exciting. I, I really, um, in a way, it's sort of rekindling that excitement I had when I was an articling student and uh, getting involved in SOJIC. It was, I think, at the time, to- when i first started it was much more of a social and support group and then issues like same-sex marriage came along and that really galvanized sojic our, our membership just went through the roof and at the yearly pride reception at the law society at Osgood hall i remember i think it was 2004 or 2005 that that huge room was packed just packed um and i th- I think Justice Lura de Bay was there. Uh, Chief Justice McMurtry, I think, was there at the time as well. Uh, tons of judges, cabinet ministers, everybody, benchers, everybody wanted to uh, to be involved at that point. But yeah, it's as I said, it's it's great to see how uh, how the group has uh, come along.
2: If If I may add something, um, Chris, when you talked about that that email list, it it made me smile because I had a flashback to when I first joined. I'm I'm a bit younger than Chris, but a lot of what he said resonates with me perfectly. I do remember when Sojic was no more than a list of, like an email list that one individual had and they held it dearly close to their heart and they did not share it for um, all the reasons that Chris talked about. And in its important to talk about you know how far and how far we've come uh, how much progress has been made uh, because the state of affairs in the world in the country south of us and elsewhere is pretty grim and sad but it's good to keep in mind the progress that has been made to celebrate it to recognize it but also not forget about not taking it for granted so I remember that vividly. That email list that if you wanted to send something to folks, you had to go talk to X person who, if they thought it was appropriate, uh, they would, you know, send that email onwards and wouldn't share those emails. It, it's not the case anymore. I'm very happy to say that we have a very diverse membership of folks from across the country, ticking any of the boxes within the queer or to us LGBTQ plus community. And everybody brings their whole self to our meetings to our discussions. Um, they are passionate about some issues more than others, and we're more than happy, um, as I had the pleasure of being the chair this past year to to support folks in in you know talking about and advancing an issue that was important to them. So much to celebrate
1: that I think Hussein when you got involved was probably what 10, 12 years ago i i, I think that You're was about right i think that was in the wake of and as much as the struggle for same-sex marriage invigorated sojic and the, the wider community i think once that was accomplished a lot of people thought well the struggle's over we've, we've got everything we want now so i noticed the membership became a little bit less involved Um, numbers went down to a certain extent. So I think that might have been Hossein around the time that you joined. And and I I remember going to those receptions at the Law Society and the numbers were going down every year. But I'm glad to say my perception is, and Hossein you'd know better than I would, that other issues have come to the fore and other elements, other segments of the queer community their interests, their concerns, their issues within the profession are now being pushed in a way that uh, that they weren't before. Unfortunately,
2: absolutely, and and folks are so so passionate. Whether they practice in in the area or they really do the work of sojic, uh, you know, as as their side gig, really, whether they're doing advocacy work or helping put together events to help. Draft letters to governments, you name it. There's always somebody who's eager to to really go out of their way to 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 support the work of the section.
1: I
0: mean, I love to hear that. And can you tell us a bit more, like what's on your radar these days? Because I mean, we know that we have seen a rise of the far right movement and extreme uh, religious groups everywhere, and not to mention I mean, we, you know the new anti-LGBT law uh, in the Uganda, for instance, or in the U.S. And I'd like to know, like, have you? F- failed those backlashes in Canada and um, you know what, what what we take for granted that we need to keep on uh, on our radar
2: boy so much I can say to, to, to that uh, question of yours <laughs> I know
0: it's a huge question
2: <laughs> it, it, was, it was a big question yeah and, and I'll try and touch on some of them I, I'm sure Chris will, will will have some thoughts to share as well
0: mm-hmm, of course
2: one of the biggest issues that we tried to bring to the forefront and address was the increase in hate that was disproportionately impacting our communities Um, and that was across the, the country but also across the world really and you know with the leadership of cba president steve bourgeois um you know we had not just an ally in the sense of the term but a member of the community at the helm of the cba uh and we were really able to you know bring those issues to to the attention of not only our membership, but the broader membership and the community outside of the legal profession. So dealing with that hate, engaging with the government to try and figure out what their anti-hate strategy uh, is. And, and that's the work that, I don't wanna say started, that's the the work that kind of, there was a lot of focus on it this past term, uh, but it's work that we're working closely with the government and and other, similar-minded organizations to to pursue over the years to come. Another issue that unfortunately we keep hearing, we continue to keep hearing about is uh, with respect to uh, trans youth um, and the various policies that um, we're seeing either pop up or get amended at various school boards. That's another issue that was very important to the membership. What else? we 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 wrote a record number of letters to the government asking for legislative change this year and i really want to salute the membership they they did an incredible amount of work i've been involved for many years and and like chris said you know the the level of engagement and excitement goes up and down with the membership given the atmosphere given what's going on in our community and uh in our country but but the past couple of years, folks have been incredibly involved and busy. So there was a lot. I, I wrote about some of it in my end of term, sort of newsletter or, or update if you will. Uh, but a lot of that work will continue um, in, in the years
1: to come. I, I think there's there's so much more happening at this point in 2023 than we thought there would be at this point, as you mentioned Uganda, but there's, there's even been reverses in rights and, and tolerance in countries like Poland and Hungary, which are members of the EU, the United States, there seems to be a wave of politicians, uh, you know, these, these ridiculous initiatives focusing on, 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 what should not be controversial, like drag queen story time, you know, what, why are these, why are these issues coming before, but uh, unfortunately those issues seem to be galvanizing a certain segment of the population. And those people are themselves putting pressure on politicians who are looking for votes. You know, we've seen politicians, even in our country posing with, with people wearing blatantly anti-queer t-shirts, you know, and, and those are signals to people that, that, these attitudes are acceptable when they should be in 2023 in Canada. Uh, it, it just underscores how important it is to remain vigilant. And especially in our profession, we're so, as Hussein said, you know, we're, we're uniquely placed to put pressure on government and other segments of civil society that can have an influence in these, in these areas. Um, you know, our, our, the struggle continues. Our resistance to these actions is as important as it ever was, and you know there there are no small acts. As far as I'm concerned, just going out and attending prides, publicly being ourselves is a political act. Not everybody is is in the privileged position that we are as lawyers and paralegals to to have that voice, to have that influence. But uh, it's important for everybody. Just the act of being yourself is is a political act.
0: Uh, we know that many lawyers, or as you say, paralegals, and well, they will themselves, well, they are themselves part of the SAGDA uh, but they will also decide to take on some difficult cases that involve injustice. So they will decide, you know, to write letters and to, to be members uh, of the sagda of the CBA. And they are, of course, putting themselves under the light of uh, maybe homophobia or comments or hate comments. And as you mentioned, Hassan, this, this, this is on the rise as well, all this hate. And I'd like to know, you know, what's, what's done to support these uh, human rights defenders in Canada, uh, maybe with the CBA or uh, what should be done?
1: Well, I, I think no one should be doing this work alone. Um, you know, even at later stages of our careers, we need mentors and support. I'd like to see folks turning to Sojik for that support if they can't find it in their own personal and professional circles. It is very draining work. I mean, I, I was saying you could. Be, we've we've been to events where people have, are are talking about burnout, uh, particularly in the uh, lawyers and paralegals in the queer community. And it is, there are times when, when you get a bad decision or, or things go backwards and it, it is very draining. It is disheartening, but, um, uh, it is more than anything important to establish that, that support network around yourself. And for, for those of us who are in a position who have been around a while to reach out to, to those who may need mentorship. Uh, or just encouragement as a profession sometimes we're better at that than other times, but uh, you know we are a helping profession as far as I'm concerned, and we should be there for each other um, I would
2: agree with everything you said, Chris, and you know in terms of what sojik and soon Saga has done and continues to do is is to really create those connections for folks to to welcome folks into the to our community of to slgbtq LGBTQ plus lawyers and allies, for mentorship, for support, sometimes people just want to share what they what they just went through um, and, and hear that they're not alone. And that's why you know, during my time on the executive, I've always had this open door policy of, you know, you're always welcome, uh, whether you've signed up or not, we want you there. And we want to hear from you, and and please connect with us. That's something that I've, I've always said, and I say that to folks who are friends outside of my you know CBA Soja capacity. I, as a friend, as a you know, if I could call myself a mentor, but but as, as somebody who you can come and talk to, to really support each other. Because as Chris said, it, this is not work of one person. This is the work of a community. It is a fight. It's sometimes a war um and it's exhausting and um folks shouldn't feel like they're doing it alone
1: and it is it's a habit too i think i was saying i remember when you first reached out to me i think you were a student and i think we met here in ottawa and it's great you know i don't um you know with a bit of pride to see how you've blossomed in your career and how you're paying it forward and and got involved in sojic it's it's it, you know it when you're when you can give it it instills um i think or helps encourage foster that that attitude in other people um in a in a paying it forward sort of way but uh yeah
0: we've been recording a lot for another podcast with the touchstone report about gender discrimination and the place of women in the legal profession but everybody has been saying the importance is the network and what you just said you know this network that you create with the sojic Soon to be that It's so important, and and everybody says it's the only way to make sure that stories are shared, that uh, that and people feel more empowered and have some the strength to continue and to go on. But I also agree with you that this is not a fight to be done alone, and this is a fight of the community, the alliance. But it's also you know people who need allies. It's a word. It's a difficult word in English, but the, the allies, the good allies. And that's often a question I want to ask people. Is like we talk about the good ally, uh, the accomplice, or um, what does it mean to you? What is a good ally?
1: That's uh that's a big question. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I I read I read that question. I, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I Only have big questions for you guys.
1: <laughs> what what is the meaning? What is the meaning of friendship? What is the meaning of love?
0: <laughs> I'm like, Let's go deep now.
1: <laughs> what is life? <laughs>
2: yeah, exactly.
0: What's life really? I know <laughs> I think
2: there's, uh, the, you know, we we've all heard the textbook definition of it. And and there's that general understanding of it that allyship comes from those who are not members of the community to me allyship is much more than that uh you know i can be an ally to a trans person because i'm not trans but a member of the community uh in the same way that you know somebody who is cisgender can be an ally to me uh so To me, allyship is 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 a much broader term. It's 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 about understanding. It's about supporting. It's about, um, you know, being the voice where there isn't a voice for the community. So, you know, uh, I expect good friends and allies of mine to speak up against homophobia in a room where me or another member of the community is not present. To me that's allyship um allyship is not just showing up to the pride parade and showing up to the uh you know office pride event is is speaking up when you're in a group of folks and somebody makes an inappropriate and or homophobic joke which they think is cool to speak up and say buddy that's that's not right you shouldn't say that to me that's allyship um but also allyship is mentorship to go and support uh you know and and i'm speaking to us members of the community you know when you see a new student or a somebody more junior to you joining the firm or your place of business um to be a welcoming and supporting individual I, i have a pride flag i've always had a pride flag in my office very prominently placed because I want folks to see it the minute they walk into my office. Good old days before COVID, the students would get tours physically in person of the physical spaces. And oftentimes they would knock on doors of people uh, to say, hello, you know, so-and-so is a member of the firm, welcome to the firm type thing. And I always had that pride flag there because I wanted those students to, to see the flag, to know that it's, you know, I am a member of the community or an ally. They, they don't know that necessarily, but to know that I celebrate my pride with pride. So that's also part of allyship to to, to support, don't want to say the next generation, but to extend the support to other uh, members of the community.
1: I agree. Yeah, that's... Very well said, Hussein. I, I would add that, it, you know, in a sense, it's it's a way for those who have power and agency in a particular forum to lend that power and voice to those who may not have it or may be vulnerable in a particular situation. Speaking up for others, as Hussein said, uh, when they can't speak up for themselves.
2: That was a much more eloquent answer to your question, Julie. <laughs> <laughs>
0: no 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 both answers were awesome i'm telling you it's like perfect and i mean i know it was a hard one but i really love your answer both very much and also you know deconstructing the idea that allyship is only uh, from people versus gender, for instance but it's everybody that's right I like that I love that I keep that yeah. so and when we talk about definition or no what does it mean to you well I also have another question for you uh, because we know June was pride month and in Montreal we also had the pride uh, I think two weekends ago in Quebec City we're gonna have it uh, in September anyway we have prides everywhere and I'd like to know what does pride means to you these days because I mean there is this, the political aspect aspect to it, but I think that sometimes people forget it. People who look at this, who might be uncomfortable or whatever, and they, you know, they, they think pride is just, they, yeah, they, they just don't see the political aspect of it. Or So I'd like to know for you, what does uh, pride mean? And not that the pride is the month, but in general.
1: That's, uh, well, small p pride, for me, it literally means the opposite of shame. Mm-hmm. It means undoing all the negative socialization that many queer folks experience throughout their lives. Uh, particularly before they find a like-minded community. Um, So quite literally turning that shame into pride. Capital P Pride is more complex for me. I spent many years on the boards of pride organizations locally, nationally, and internationally, which meant everything from organizing parades You know at times making sure the garbage cans were in the right place and putting up barriers to representing prior organizations at at international events all over the world Um, for me that was an amazingly rewarding experience and i made close friends and learned so much about people all over the world but as they say if you like sausages you shouldn't watch them being made Uh, (laughs) it's 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 similar with pride it is a heck of a lot of work behind the scenes blood sweat and tears year round it pride doesn't fall out of the sky one week or one weekend of the year it's a year round job and one thing everybody should do is show some love to the local pride organizers it's very often a thankless task done by uh committed and passionate activists who are, um, you know not not necessarily the ones who are recognized or the most flashy uh in the community
2: what is Pride to me? I, I guess the, the first thing I'll say, June is Pride Month in uh, Toronto. So we've made a targeted effort to call it Pride Season within CBA SOGIC. Uh, because like you said, I think June month is where I guess the, the highest number of communities across the country celebrate Pride. But but it certainly continues with Montreal, then to Quebec, then you go further west and east they all have their pride celebrations across across that the pride season calendar if you will so i've been calling it pride season it's this week this week in ottawa there we go yeah capital pride i have marched in that a number of times but but what is pride to me i you know having grown up in iran i don't think i need to tell the listeners what the situation is in iran but then coming to canada uh, to a place where, you know, I, I could walk down Young Street, scream and shout, uh, doing and wearing whatever the heck I wanted uh, during the parade, that is pride. So pride to me is about not being ashamed, like Chris mentioned. Pride is about being recognized, honored, and celebrated. But pride is also an opportunity to educate, uh, to fight intolerance, and at the heart of it, you know, we sometimes forget about it because pride is about glamour and music and colour and a lot of fun and it is fun, but pride is a fight. It started as a fight and it continues as a fight. One of the examples I, I give folks is Istanbul has not had a pride parade. I want to say since 2015 and, and, I, and I had the privilege of being in Istanbul that last summer where they had a parade. It started as a lot of us, you know, getting our faces painted performers on the street, people dancing, people singing, people, you know, making placards and stuff like that, but it ended with the police attacking people, um, with people, sorry. So that is pride to me as well. And they haven't had that uh, for, you know, an excess of eight years. So people shouldn't forget that that is also pride.
1: Yeah, it it it. As I said, I I I, I traveled. Uh, InterPride is the International Association of Pride Organizers, and um, Pride looks, as Hussein said, it looks very different in North America, or Europe, than it does in other In other parts of the world, one thing I would say to listeners, particularly those who are lawyers and paralegals, and this is based off of my experience with pride organizations is that very often these organizations are desperately in need of the skills that lawyers and paralegals have to offer. And I just, I don't mean being a lawyer or a paralegal, I mean, the ways of thinking little things like making sure that contracts are in place or that human Resources policies are in place. You don't have to. We you know, we have a way of thinking of things and a way of communicating, even running meetings. These are skills that not just pride organizations, but all kinds of queer organizations, uh, are are desperately in need of. And it's like a lot of volunteer positions. They it's a it's a win win situation because especially younger lawyers or paralegals can get skills and. Uh develop their careers and make contacts through these uh outside uh organizations that will benefit them in their career and personally as well
0: that's also uh, thank you chris i mean that's I think that's an aspect that I haven't thought of but uh is that can be very useful as well. Um, But thank you both uh, for your answers. And I know it's a difficult subject also because also it touches us directly. So thank you very much for for being here, for taking the time to answer all my questions. So thank you. So you're probably aware of the National Study on the Psychological Health Determinants of Legal Professionals in Canada. The name is very long. So it was conducted by uh, the University of Sherbrooke. So the CBA was also part of that study and supported it. Because the CBA is always so nice and <laughs> doing those kind of things, uh, and one of the findings was that the occurrence of psychological distress was significantly higher among SAGDA legal professionals than am- among their non subject or LGBT uh, or SAGDA with you <laughs> counterparts. What they found is that the level of uh, stress was in part caused by the fact that some people of the SAGDA uh, are not comfortable. To share their sexual orientation uh, or their gender identity or expression with their colleagues, because well maybe they fear what will be the reaction, or they are just uncomfortable with sharing that with them, uh, because well it's not an it's not an environment that is that they feel is safe. So there's X Y Z reason for that. The fact is just that we know that, and the reports show that. So you talked before of the, the importance of the network of the community. But I'd like to know if you have other tips or tools that uh, you could share to support people who are in this situation. And and I also like to mention that what struck me in the report is that some people, thanks to COVID, they felt more comfortable working because they could stay at home. And I think this is something interesting using technology, you know, to make sure that people are comfortable and, and they can do their job properly. But at the same time, I think it's very sad because it's, you know, it's, putting a mandate, but not really improving the situation at work. But yeah, so I'd like to know if you have um, any tools, any um, yeah experiences that you want to share.
2: I haven't read the report itself, but sadly I'm not surprised or shocked by the findings. Uh, you know, once again, our community is taking a higher toll than than the rest, because take a an articling student who starts you know, their stage or articling Uh, and that itself comes with significant strains financially, mentally, time wise. Now, add to that the fact that you don't feel comfortable being yourself or bringing your full self to work, that somebody keeps asking whether, you know, as you know, you have you're a guy and they keep asking, where's your girlfriend or if you have a wife or um, vice versa that doesn't make you more comfortable. Uh, in fact, not only you feel like you're, you're, you are at risk as a human being of being discriminated, but you're also scared that you're not going to get the job, potentially. And, and those realities, unfortunately, are very true to this day. Uh, I'm happy to see that a lot of organizations, both uh, private and public firms, government, are actually doing Excellent initiatives uh, on diversity and inclusion to make a healthier, safer, more welcoming environment for members of the community. But I think we should also do some work ourselves. Sadly, we have to do it all all the time. It never ends. Um, and you know, I, as one, try doing that by by educating, by putting out that prize flag, uh, by Paying it forward, like Chris said, um, but I think my kind of suggestion to folks is look for allies uh, in your workplace, and um, they will first of all support you, but they will also help you grow more comfortable in your own, choose being yourself. But at the end of the day, you know, as somebody said to me many years ago when I was thinking about coming out. For the God knows how many of time after I had moved to Canada. Coming out is a deeply personal decision. It varies from person to person. Um, the right time is different for different people. And I always tell folks uh, you have to think about yourself, your safety, your health and well being uh, before you do it. So um, that always kind of trumps everything. Look out for yourself because you may be in a community or a work environment where people are not necessarily looking out for you. But also try to be smart about the types of workplaces and and places that you put yourself in. It doesn't help that you hear in the news that a shop owner in the States was shot for having rainbow flags in their store. It's disgusting. It's heartbreaking. And it's unbelievable at the same time in 2023. But, but again, you got to be vigilant. Uh, you got to look out for yourself and look for allies. So Jake was my community, uh, remained my community. People like Chris and others have become lifelong lifelong friends. I've called Chris to complain. I've called Chris to whine. I've also called Chris to just say hello and you know share, it and, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <what you're> <laughs> and that and that applies to many folks across my network that I've either met through Sojic or otherwise. So create a community around yourself, surround yourself with with good people, supportive people, and keep going at it.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's again well said. I saying, and these these issues were. I think the key drivers. I wasn't around at the time, but the key drivers in bringing Sojic together in the first place, back in the uh, the early nineteen nineties, the, the sense that a lot of people had that they were alone at their firm. Uh, they were getting, they were being faced with all these these pressures, these questions. I, I think the landscape has changed quite a bit. There's a lot more support outside, but still, no one is going to understand the culture of a law firm or whatever context you're working in as your as your colleagues will. And I think SOJIC still has that, that very important role to play. And I, I, I would say that if there's one challenge that SOJIC has always had and perhaps other sections of the CBA too is reaching out beyond the larger centers. It often seems like everything is centered around Toronto or in terms of OBA anyway, but the CBA, you know, the larger, the larger centers, but there's plenty of folks who are working away in very small towns that, that need support too. And as we said before, it's, it's incumbent upon us who have been around a long time and who. Some more than others. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yes, that's right. (laughs) Um, Yes. It's, uh, it's, it, things were quite different in the 1990s but uh, uh, it's it's incumbent upon those of us who, who've been around a long time and have a bit more agency and security to reach out to those who who may need that support and to actively act as mentors and and, and make it known to those uh, who are looking forward that you're there for them and I think a lot of programs that some firms and uh, government organizations have now they have pride champions so there is that one person there who you know you can go to if you're encountering an issue in in the workplace
0: but i think also when when i was asking you the question as i was also thinking and i was i was like so yeah you know tools and tips for those people but i think we should also talk about prevention because i think this should be a uh wake-up call for many firms that it should not be that should not Absolutely. be the case so yeah we can also you know it's important to have the community yeah. it's important to have the network but at the very yeah. first we should just prevent that and I think this is the responsibility of the firms yeah. do you know and just do, Hassan when you say the the famous uh, question like where's your wife or where's you where's your uh, husband yeah uh, this is like those really heteronormative right. way of that we can you can get rid of them easily and like a policy uh, and you know and and, and educate uh, the people in your firm and and have those uh, I don't know lunch when you talk Talk about those issues and you just make sure people are aware of like, what is transphobia and what is, uh, yeah, all this. So I think it's really a responsibility that firms have to take.
2: If I may add to that, one of the things that I have been doing and pushing for in in meetings I chair in my workplace is around pronouns. I'm very male-looking, male-acting, pretty cis in that regard. But I insist on using my pronouns in meetings in my signature things like that because it's not just about me people know that i go by he him but it's for that one person that may or may not be at that meeting who may be struggling or not feeling comfortable um not knowing what kind of audience they have that simple he him in brackets in front of your name moves mountains for for somebody who may still be struggling with their place um, in a particular meeting in a particular community or organization And, and i've had that conversation people are like well everybody know everyone's met my wife everyone's met my three kids they all know i'm a he they all know i'm a she whatever but i'm like it's not just about you it's about visibility and and a lot of what sojik sagda has been for me and others is about visibility you know same sex is legal in Canada. Like that's that's fact. But you continue to see the need for visibility. Uh, Otherwise, we wouldn't have all these issues. We wouldn't have trans kids having so many obstacles in schools and people fighting over that. So, you know, small things like that go a long way. But again, looking at the, you know, the glass half full, we've come a long way. I was at the at a conference a couple weeks ago in montreal the prism conference a new national twist lgbtq plus organization and you know one of the keynotes was delivered by justice Cale mckenzie who remains you know is the first and unfortunately remains the only trans judge in the country and it was heartwarming hearing some of the stories of you know what's being on the bench as a trans person means not only to him, but also to the folks who come before him. Uh, he shared a story of a trans youth who appeared before him. And, you know, that particular trans youth had made an effort to reach out to him afterwards to say thank you, you know, having you as a judge, even though Judge McKenzie had to give him a sentence in that case, sorry, give them a sentence. I don't recall their pronouns but that person felt empowered seeing a trans person, despite sentencing them, but trying to put them back on the right track. So there is positive change uh, and we should celebrate it. So folks uh, who are listening to this, if, if you're eligible, I, I Highlight, highlight that the government is looking, even though they're not appointing people as quickly as they should, but we need more representation on the bench as well. That That's something that I try to educate on. It's something that I hope to do as I transition out of my chair role is is around representation on the bench. We have some wonderful members of the community already on the bench, and that makes a huge difference, but you know, we are more than 1% of the the society. So the representation should mirror that of uh, on the bench, the representation on the bench should mirror that of the uh, community
0: if someone is not a member yet of a sojic to become sagda what do you tell them like what they should do and today they, they reach out to you they just go on the web pa- on the the web page uh, how does it work and like how much time it depends i guess on the involvement you want to have
1: go ahead chris uh, i this I, I was saying you're you're still involved right now so I'll, I'll leave it to you but one thing that i noticed that i really uh am pleased to see is the names and bios of all the executive members on the website. It makes it much easier, I think, for folks to identify one person and reach out to them uh, individually if they feel comfortable doing that. I I think that's a wonderful uh, initiative that uh, I keep saying SOJIC. I know I have to say SAGDA. It will come to me, Hussein. I promise, <laughs> that SAGDA is doing.
2: Um, I, what I will say, here's my, here's my shameless pitch. Um, come and join us. SAGDA and Sojik is always looking for members, whether you simply want to have a place to dial in once a month and feel like you're within a community of supportive people or if you'd like to uh, do advocacy work if you like to do education, if you'd like to do CPD programming, or if you'd like to do something that I didn't mention, uh, and you think that SOJIC, SAGDA could either uh, support it or facilitate it, please reach out. I know the nomination period for, for this year did close, but you know you can always join the section at any time. Um, I know that we still have positions available on the executive or members at large, and one of the things that makes us different from other sections is that I have always said that there is no cap on the number of members of the executive and everybody and anybody is welcome to join. If you're a student, um, you get a complimentary membership. Uh, I think in most provincial and territorial sections. So I don't want to speak out of turn. Uh, I know in Ontario, for example, students get a complimentary membership. And I invite you to basically sign up otherwise and send a bill to your firm or respective place of employment and say, I have signed up for the CBA SOJIC section. And I would love for them to say, you know, We're not going to cover this, and then I'm happy to switch to them on your behalf. All that how dare to say, they? yeah, how dare they? Um, so please come and join us. We have a number of very exciting projects that have been continuing over the summer. Like I said, um, you know, the the increase in hate is something that many of our members are passionate about. We're working closely with the secretariat within the federal government, and we're expecting the government's anti-hate strategy coming out soon. We're also working on, like I said, the issue with respect to the various policies in school boards across the country, uh, to the extent that the CBA can, can uh, opine on that. And um, we continue to work on HIV non-criminalization as well and there is some legislative work going on. So there is a lot um, actively happening with the current government. There's an appetite for for change, for legislative change, and um, they are, I don't wanna say begging us, but they have continuously welcomed and asked for input from the CBA. We are very closely working with the government. Uh, They respect and value what the CBA has to offer and we sometimes don't have people to work on all these projects so please come and join and you can either email me or any member of the executive or the wonderful staff at the CBA and they will eventually connect you with the right person
1: and it truly it just it so is worthwhile from your own career development and making contacts I know uh, even though I I went to Queens and and a good two-thirds of my my class came to Toronto. But uh, joining SOJIC introduced me to such a different and diverse aspect of the profession. I made so many contacts through SOJIC. Well, SOJIC at the time, SAGDA now. uh, Right away, it is a wonderful way to quickly and meaningfully establish a community for yourself.
0: Thank you very much, Hassan and Chris. Very, very interesting. Thank you for your time, for all your great inputs. And um, well, I think we have a really great podcast here.
1: Okay. This is The Every Lawyer, presented by the Canadian Bar Association.
0: We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Please share it with your friends and colleagues. And if you would like to learn more about the work and challenges facing Sagdal legal professionals, be sure to check out outgoing CBA President Steve Boujol's podcast series, Conversations with the President, which can be found at cba.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening. And remember, you can reach out to us anytime at podcasts at cba.org. Have a great day.